Welcome to Fusion Church's Sermon of the Week. Fusion Church is located in Wakanda, Illinois. We exist to complete and multiply people who passionately follow Christ. For more information, visit www.fusionchurch.com. Let's dive into this week's sermon. All right. Well, we have been looking for the last few weeks at the power of our words that uh, going back to the all the way back to the Old Testament and the in the book of Proverbs, how we have the power of life and death in our tongue or how like in James, the letter of James, it says that the tongue is this small thing with great power that nobody has been able to tame that with our our tongue, it's like a spark that can set a whole forest on fire right? It's this, it's this powerful thing. And with our tongue, we can either bless or with we can curse. And so we have to be aware of the words, what comes out of our mouth, the power that it wields and how it can be so influential. It can either be used to bring hurt or to bring healing, to, to bring death or to bring life. And so we looked last week at this idea in Ephesians about why this is so critically important. Why do we have to be uh, aware? How are, are we supposed to use our, our words and our speech? And so for, uh, uh, Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. I remember we said, and if you missed this, go back and watch it last for last week, that unwholesome doesn't just mean immoral, although that certainly would be included, but actually it has to do with something that's rotten, that causes disease, that causes filth, that's actually harmful. So don't let anything that's harmful come out of your mouth. But the second half is this, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So we're not supposed to use our words in any way that's destructive. Instead, we're supposed to use our words in a way that build other people up. We're supposed to speak words of life. Our words are meant to be for the benefit of others. There is power of life in our words. So we're going to lean into the positive aspect of this week. So our job, as it relates to our speech, is to guard ourselves from allowing anything to come out that doesn't build each other's up, and instead to actually focus positively on using our speech to build other people up, to encourage people, to bring life to other people. And God has designed us as human beings this way. This is not necessarily just a Christian thing. This is a human thing. Going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, God looks down at humanity and says, it's not good for human beings to be alone. And so he creates Eve as a suitable helper, as a partner for Adam, so that they could be equals and speaking life and truth into one another as they rule and reign over creation. So you've got a male and a female counterpart who God has designed to actually bring about his flourishing on earth, and they need each other. And I would say that I think one of the primary ways that we do that with one another is by using our words to build each other up and encourage each other. This is embedded in humanity that we need to hear from one another. We need the, <coughs> excuse me, encouragement from one another. Not only do we need it, we have the ability to give it. So remember that human beings are given this incredible authority of naming the animals to actually have a say in the operation of the world. So God hasn't just created us and then sent us out on our own. He actually has created us um, to, to have par- participate with him in, in meeting our needs and in, in speaking life to one another. 
And, and actually, again, this is critical to development for us as human beings. All the research would show that, that kids actually need in the course of their development to become healthy children and then healthy adults, that we actually need to have some healthy, positive affirmation spoken into us as kids. Words that bring life instead of words that hurt or bring death. And that can be done to an extreme where kids are overpraised um, and, and never challenged with any truth, and that can be unhealthy. But, but more often than not, what needs to happen is there needs to be some building up of children, uh, and that actually shapes their, uh, their outlook on life, the way they see themselves, the way they interact with the world. It develops pathways neurologically. This is not just a spiritual thing. This is a, this is a biological, physiological, and psychological kind of thing. That is true of every human being. As a matter of fact, one study that came out of Harvard uh, was talking about how actually kids that are in really difficult situations uh, where let's say there's lots of poverty or lots of violence, that those kids can develop this incredible sense of resiliency just by having one adult who's willing to speak into their life in a positive way. They need that one anchor point who's able to do that. And so our words are really important for our development as human beings. Again, not a Christian thing. This is universal. We're going to get to the Christian side of this in just a minute. It's so necessary for our development emotionally, physically, spiritually. And, and all we have to do is look around, look out just in the world right now, and you would be able to see the power of our words to actually bring life to people in a way, to encourage them. So... Um, Sometime during the course of the last year, Jen and I watched this, um, uh, this magic show, it's a, or like a mentalist on Hulu. It was a special show. And um, it was not that great, so I'm going to spare you from watching all of it and give you the punchline and how it ends. So if you really want to watch it, I truthfully don't even remember the title of the thing. But if you really want to watch it, you can hit pause or turn me down. But I'm going to go ahead and give you the punchline. So over the course of this, uh, what, what happens is uh, people walk into this theater. It's kind of like a magic show slash theater, theatrical production. At, when people walk in, they see these cards with words, just one word printed on a card. And they're told to grab this audience member. They're, they're told to grab these cards that they can identify, whatever the word is that's on the card, that, that, that they somehow identify with. There were different words like hero or um, loser, or they were both positive and negative. They're all different kinds of things. So they pick this word that they identify with. They put them in a stack. Well, over the course of the magic show, the magician is beginning to talk about the importance and the power of our words and how specifically labels have this power, powerful kind of effect on us. And um, where the show kind of builds as he's talking about this is he's got this whole crowd kind of waiting for what's the, what's the reveal at the end, what's gonna happen here at the end that's gonna wow everybody. And what the magician or the mentalist does is he has somehow memorized everyone's seat in the crowd and what was on their card. And so he begins one by one. There's maybe a, you know, a couple hundred people in the audience. It's, it's actually pretty amazing that anyone could actually do this and call out people one by one and the name that was on their card or the word that was printed on their card. And he does this in such a way that he's almost doing it as though he is revealing something that's in the heart of the person. 
And all it was was just a card that they looked at and that they picked up when they walked in. But when he says that word to those people, they feel seen in a way that many of them just immediately start breaking down in tears. Now, they know they're at a magic show. They know that there is some kind of trick that this guy's pulling, that this isn't like a, a prophetic session. He's not a psychic. He's just using some kind of trick of the trade. But the power and him being able to identify of them the, with, their, with whatever card it was that they pulled has this profound emotional effect just by him saying one word or by him saying a few words that are on this card. So by the end of it, like, I mean, half of the audience is in absolute tears, not out of sadness, but out of being seen because this person spoke a word that they identified with. It's the power of our words. We're people who many times are longing to hear some word of affirmation, to be seen, to be known. And our words, when we are able to do that, are able to actually build people up by seeing them. And there's no spiritual um, content yet related to that. It's just true. It's just true about us as human beings. Another favorite example. If you remember the movie Goodwill Hunting, there's a great movie. There, the premise of the movie is Matt Damon, who's in the movie, is, is kind of a, a genius and, and an undiscovered genius. But he's got a really bad uh, history of abuse in his life. His, his dad abused him as, in the foster system. He's got this, this kind of terrible story. Well, he meets with Robin Williams' character, who is a therapist. And Robin Williams is reviewing his case file. And there's this famous scene where they're in a room together and Robin Williams holds up the case file and he's looking at it and he's, he's talking to, to, Damon, uh, to uh, Matt Damon about what, what has happened in his life. And they're reviewing kind of what it was like because they both were, have been abused in their homes. And Robin Williams in this famous scene turns to Matt Damon and says, whatever's in this file, it's not your fault. And at first, Matt Damon just simply agrees. <laughs> yeah, I know. The abuse wasn't my fault. Then Robin Williams says this again, it's not your fault. And Matt Damon just says, yeah, I know, I agree. Yeah, it wasn't my fault, I know. And he keeps just repeating this phrase, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And it's like all of a sudden something clicks with Matt Damon in this, in this scene where the words that he was speaking actually register in his soul. And there's this incredible healing moment that happens, the turning point in the whole movie. It's a really, really powerful scene. Go back and watch it if you haven't. I wish we could show you a clip, but it's got some language in it that isn't really appropriate for us to show right now. But it's this really powerful scene. And what it brings out is this, this idea that, you know, Matt Damon in this movie, he, he, he knew it was true that it wasn't his fault, that the abuse wasn't his fault. And so it wasn't that this was something he never thought about before, but something about someone else saying it, the right word at the right time brought incredible healing. And I know it's just a movie, but I can tell you from counseling sessions with couples and families from discipleship opportunities, both me being received on the receiving end of that and on the giving end of that. Like it has been, I've seen these kinds of things play out over and over again. The right word at the right time is absolutely transformative for people. That said, it's even more powerful when the right word at the right time isn't simply our words, but God's words. When God's words are in our mouth, it has the, the, the possibility to actually be really 
totally life-changing. When our speech agrees with God's speech, then truly the power of life and death is in our tongue. So that's why I want to lean into for the next couple minutes. John chapter 6 and and verse 63, we looked at this a couple weeks ago. Jesus says this, The Spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. Something about the words of Jesus that has life wrapped up in them. What Jesus is saying and sharing with his disciples isn't just good moral teaching. It's, he's not just a, a philosopher, an ancient kind of um, just, just a rabbi. He's not just a guru that we follow his teachings, but there's actually something in his words that bring life. When Jesus is tempted in the desert and he is being tempted by the enemy, he, he says to, to Satan as he's being tempted that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There's something about the words that come from God that have life-sustaining power in them. And his words in our mouth, so his words that bring life, when those words are in our mouth, then they truly have the power to bring life. Our words on their own, just like I've already said, they're decent, they're good, they're helpful. But when his life-giving words are in our mouth, man, it's off. There's such incredible power in there. So a biblical example, Ezekiel in chapter 37. I'm going to read this passage because it's so amazing. Here's what happens. Ezekiel is this prophet and he is prophesying in a time where Israel has been completely overturned. They're longing for restoration. They've been scattered. They're in exile. And so here this prophet Ezekiel has been walking along. And here's what it says in chapter 37, first verse. It says, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord. And he set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones in the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make you f- make flesh come upon you and cover your skin. And I will put breath in you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. So as I prophesied, as I was commanded, and as I was, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and the tendons and flesh appeared on them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath entered into them and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. So this is a prophetic picture is what he's saying. These bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, 
prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back into the land of Israel. And then you, my people will know that I am the Lord when you open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. And then you will know that I, the Lord have spoken. I have done it, declares the Lord. This is a long passage of scripture, but it's so beautiful because it so much illustrates the power of God's words in our mouth. If Ezekiel had just found this valley of dry bones and on his own said, get up bones and walk, nothing would have happened. But in this instant, he comes and God puts his words in his mouth. And then he sees this incredible prophetic picture. And it wasn't just a picture to illustrate uh, in the moment what's happened. He actually gives him to this so that he will himself go and then say these words to the people of Israel. This is a metaphor of the healing that God wants to do. And this is what can happen when God's words are in our mouth. There can be true hope. Not a hope that a politician gives because he makes empty promises. Not hope that can come from certain kinds of circumstances that work out, but hope that comes from the Lord in the middle of absolute despair. This is the power of God's words in our mouth. This is obviously an extreme example, Ezekiel speaking to these bones, but it reveals the power of God's words in our mouth. It brings dead things to life brings restoration and healing to things. Gosh, and guys, I'm just going to be honest. I've been really convicted lately about how the words of my mouth, how they're reflecting the reality that God sees and thinks about something. Not too long ago, I was with some friends and we were kind of talking about a city that's kind of an impoverished city and it's the kind of place that nobody really would want to live. Most people wouldn't want to live. And we were just kind of like having this conversation. I just felt this deep conviction of the Holy Spirit afterwards saying, you don't see the way I see that city. And you don't see the life that can happen there. And the truth is, guys, I'm not attached to this city anyway, but God, God brought such conviction to my heart to say, don't speak that over that city. You speak words of life over that city because that is what I see. I don't see dry bones. I see the breath of the Lord entering into that place and bringing healing. And I just feel like God is asking me and asking us to elevate our speech and our expectation to speak life over what he wants to do rather than just look at what we see with our own eyes. He wants his people to have his words in our mouth so that we can participate with him in bringing things to life. Right now, guys, if I could just... Step aside from the message for a second and say this. Right now, our culture needs us to do that more than ever. Everywhere we look, there's despair, there's bad news, it's terrible news. And what God needs is for his people to have his thoughts and then his words in our mouth. So that we're bringing forward the good future that he wants to have. And he wants us to be co-creators with that by speaking his words. That's why I'm so... so, uh, honestly, this whole series has been building up to this right here because I feel so strongly that this is what God is asking us to do. I feel so strongly that we are missing opportunities for us to walk in our own emotional health and and physical health and spiritual health, primarily because God wants us to join him in using our words the way he wants us to see the world, the way he's speaking, the way what he's saying. 
It's like, I just feel like God has been walking me through the scriptures, helping me see things in a new way that I've never seen before. Now, I want to be really clear about something. I'm not talking about name it and claim it Christianity, that, that just because I say it, it will be done. That is not the, God's heart. It's clear from scripture that it's his thoughts and his words in our mind and in our mouth. It's when we pray or we speak his will, not just when we do what we want to do. But man, I want more than ever to hear what he has to say and speak out of my mouth what comes in. And I just feel that like just the conviction of the Lord to be so guarded in this area with not speaking the things that are negative, the, th- the things that are bringing life, but instead are, that aren't bringing life, but instead to focus on things that are bringing life. And if you're listening to this right now, you're like, I showed up for a Mother's Day message. Where is my happy Mother's Day message? Here's the Mother's Day message. Moms, women among us, whether you're a mother or not, God has given you this incredible ability, just like he has men. And don't you believe for one second that your words don't matter as much as ours? God has raising you up in this moment to speak life into people whether it's your children or someone else's children or it's your friends, it doesn't matter. So here's your Mother's Day message. If you are a woman, you are a woman of God and he has put his words in your heart and in your mind to speak. So go and speak boldly. I don't mean that to the exclusion of men, but I just want you to know that God is calling us to use our words, both men and women, to build up and bring life. So be released. Be released to see what God is doing. Be released to perceive with eyes of faith, both men and women, what you see God doing. Be released to see it. Be released to see with faith what can be, not just what is. I'm going to be honest. I'm very tired of being focused on just what is and what's not. I want to set my eyes on what can be and what will be for the future. And God is calling us into this good future together. I wish you were here with me so much. I wish you were here in this room. There's so much more that we could say and that we could do right now. I so look forward to being able to do that in the next couple of weeks. But let me give you a couple practical things to somehow land this thing. There's three practical ways that we can engage with our speech in the way that I'm talking about, where God's words are in our mouth. The first one might not seem very practical, but it's in the area of prophecy. Here at Fusion, we believe that God speaks to us and he speaks to us on behalf of other people from time to time. And that's what prophecy is. There's no special prophet people who have a special office in our church who get to do that. You don't have to be a super hyper awesome Christian. You just have to be open to hearing the word of the Lord. And so one of the things that we can do is be opening to being open to hear God's words for other people. And here's what the, the, the scriptures have to say about that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Verse one, here's the first thing it says. It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit, especially the gift of prophecy. So just in case you were concerned or you're worried, is this a biblical thing? Paul says it right here. Follow the way of love, 
eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So this is something we should all want. But then he clarifies just a couple verses later what prophecy is for. So here's what it's for. The one who prophesies, verse 3, is the one who speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So we're listening to words or we're listening for things that God might be speaking to us on behalf of someone else that's meant to strengthen, to encourage, and to comfort. That's what we're looking for. So the words that are going to come out of my mouth are for the purposes of strengthening, encouraging, and comforting something. And we just believe that God is still acting in this today, that he's still working in this today. And we want to do that in a healthy way. We want to do that in a way that we're equipping people. So we don't have time to make this whole message about this. But I just want to remind you, because it's not something we've talked about a whole lot, that this is one of the ways that we can speak words of life. As a matter of fact, I've had some of the most powerful um, kind of radical life changes in my life and times where someone brought a word of prophecy, a word of the Lord to me. It was something that no one else could know except for a person who brought it to me right now. And I'm not talking about exposing sin or that kind of stuff. I'm talking about strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. That kind of stuff has happened to Jen and I many times where someone has come, they've got a word for us, and it's an encouraging or a comforting or a strengthening word, and it was the right word at the right time from the Lord. And I just want to say that God does this to build. It's one of the ways he uses these gifts to build up the body. All the gifts that are of the Holy Spirit are meant to build up the body, to, to, to help us grow up together into maturity. And so uh, I want us to lean in here and be reminded that God uses this and wants to use this to encourage one another, to strengthen one another, to comfort one another. And again, I wish we had more time. We could unpack the hows and the whys of all this. Here's what I would say. If you don't know about this, then you're going to want to uh, talk to my wife, Jen, who kind of leads this area of our church family and, and, and talk to her. And then she can help you kind of get some tools and some resources to grow in this. But right now, I'm just wanting to remind you that this is one of the ways we can have the words of God in our mouth. Now, clarification prophecy is not on par with scripture. I'm going to go into scripture in just a second. So just because we say it or because we think God is saying it doesn't mean that it's always right. doesn't mean that it's always 100% true, but we want to open ourselves up to growing in this area, eagerly desire the spiritual gift, especially the gift of prophecy, so that we can see other people encouraged. And here's what I want you to know. If no one has told you before, you can hear from God. He's speaking to you even right now. And you can hear from God, not only for yourself, for other people. It can happen. And so if you never heard that before, I just want you to know that it's true. We'll unpack that more at a later time. So the second practical way, so the first way is that we can kind of have God's words in our mouth is through prophecy. The second way is through his word. We're a church that values the spirit, but we're a church that values the word that values what God has already spoken in scripture. We believe that by his spirit, God has already spoken and that actually when those words are on our lips, it's really, really powerful. It doesn't have to be this word of prophecy that drops out of the sky, this thing that you don't know, but what God has already said is equally as powerful. And actually what God has already said in his written word is our primary weapon in spiritual warfare to actually, this is what Jesus does. The enemy comes and he attacks him 
And he, Jesus uses the word of the Lord to, com, to fight the enemy. He doesn't come up with, a, with some cool new strategy. He just repeats what God has already said. It's God's words and his mouth. It's this amazing thing. But it's not just for our defense. It's also to help bring life into a situation. When we put God's words on our lips... It can bring life into a situation. Here's a couple ways that you can do that. Sometimes it's for us personally. Sometimes we're wrestling with something, struggling with something, feeling lost. And just sitting and reading is not quite enough. Just sitting and listening to worship music is not quite enough. Just having people praying for us is not quite enough. Sometimes what we need to do, and I'm, I'm going to go a little charismatic on us right now. Well, sometimes what we need to do is grab a hold of our Bible and read the words that are on the page that's already been, been written. God's promises over us. What he's already said he wants to do, is doing, and will do. And we need to read that out loud. And there's something about doing that. It's about grabbing God's word and reading it out loud. His promises over us, the inheritance that we have as saints, the promises for people who fear the Lord and walk in the way of the Lord. We need to hold on to this stuff and say it out loud with our mouths. I have been repeating Psalm 112 almost every day. I don't know why it just so gripped my heart lately, this, this desire that I have to be the kind of person who has no fear of bad news, the, the kind of person who, uh, whose children are mighty in the land, it says. Like, that's what I want. So I'm grabbing a hold of that as the promises of God. And I'm not just meditating on it, although that is good. I, that, that's beautiful. That's awesome. But I'm saying it with my mouth. I'm actually speaking it out. And there is something that happens in our hearts and our minds when we actually say out loud with our words, God's words. It's amazing. So we can do that over us, speak out God's promises over us. Sometimes it's actually reading a lament out loud. So for example, Psalm, I think it's 77. I was just reading earlier today. In there is a bit, is a bit, a bit of a lament and promise. There's God, where are you and why aren't you here? And then there's promise. And the power of saying that out loud is that I'm identifying with someone else's experience already. I can find comfort in the fact that, that King David or whoever it was that wrote that particular one actually had the same experience that I'm having. And something about saying it out loud, I'm actually framing my experience. It's like, I'm not alone in this. But then also there's this incredible promise that's there. I'm not alone and feeling like I need a word from the Lord. And there's something that happens for me when I do that, when I, when I read the Psalms and I, and I claim not only the promise, but also the lament that's really, really healing for me. There's something that can happen when I look into the New Testament and I read about who I am in Christ, that I have been given every spiritual blessing in Christ, that I don't have a, a spirit of fear, but a spirit of, of, of sound mind, a spirit of love and a spirit of discipline. Like these are things that I have the fruit of the spirit, like that, that, I mean, all of these different things that I want to say out loud with my mouth, I think is so important. You guys are like, yeah, I get it, Chael. Like it's important. Now you don't. I don't. This one, I heard one of my, my favorite preachers just recently saying, you guys don't get this. I don't get it. We, none of us get it. So Lord, help us get it. And that's kind of how I feel about this. I think we're just beginning to scratch the surface of this. But God's words on our lips, not just help us, they heal other, they can help heal other people, reminding other people of the promises of God, of bringing truth to bear, 
of showing, yeah, God has been here. Look at how he was here. Look at how he'll be there for you. God's words on our lips can be healing in the right situation for other people. And so we need to have his word in our mind and our heart for the sake of other people as well. Now, I'm not talking about just throwing random scriptures at people in the middle of pain. That actually cannot be good. It's the right thing sometimes at the wrong time. But really being discerning. God, what in your word will bring comfort right now? What, what in your word can I, can I bring that might encourage this person right now? Actually, almost every time I've ever walked into a counseling appointment or a hospital room where there's like something difficult, almost every time this is, I've, I've been taught to do this, is, is just to say, God, is there something from your word that I should share right now? And there have been times where I feel like now is not the time. Now is the time to listen, not the time to talk. Now's the time to be a presence and a comfort, not to say anything. But then there are other times where I feel like God has no, I want you to speak. By the way, sometimes, just like I said last week, sometimes this word of the Lord will not just be um, always happy kind of thing. Sometimes there are confrontations where the word ta- tells us to, when we see someone that's, that's falling into sin, that sometimes we need to gently bring them back in humility to, and, and to point out what's going on. But we do that. Go and listen to last week's message with tons of fear and trembling and recognizing that, that we're flawed and we check our motives about that kind of stuff to make sure that we're not just bringing, um, bringing the truth because it's what, what, we, what we see because it's the truth that God wants to share in the moment. You know, Jesus knew what was in every person's heart all the time. As he walked on earth, it's really clear. There's nothing that gets by him. There are no hidden motives when Jesus is around. And sometimes he clearly calls those things out and sometimes he just lets it reveal itself. And so we've got to trust God and we've got to ask God, Lord, would you put your words in my mouth right now? So what I'm saying in this situation with this person actually is to build them up and bring healing, not to tear down. We've got to be discerning about that. But the power of God's word is powerful. Now, let me just say this. This is a side We have to be aware that what is in us is what is going to come out. Remember, Jesus said, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, that it's out of the good that's stored up in a person's heart that that's what comes out of a person's mouth. And so we have to be aware of what's stored up in our heart. We have to be aware of what's hiding in here because what is hiding in here is what will come out. And so what I want is I want the word of God to come out of my mouth. So if I want the word of God to come out of my mouth, then I have to plant his word, hide his word in my heart. So that that is what comes out in situations where uh, there needs to be comfort for someone else. Or even in my own life where I don't know what to pray or how to pray. Where God's words are the things that are coming out of my mouth. Think about it like this. If you, if you have a bad seed, something's corrupted in it. The, it's genetically not good for some reason and it grows fruit that's not good because of it because the seed is bad well you might throw away the fruit and not eat it but you can't plant the seed from that not good fruit back into the soil because you're going to get more that's not good there's the seed and then the fruit and then usually you either consume or get that or, or, or throw it away or you take and you, and you keep some seed and you replant it in the ground to grow a new crop. Well, here's the thing with that is like you can't keep planting the same seed and expecting a different kind of result. 
At some point in time, you go, this seed is not good. I need to change it out and plant something good here in order to have a good crop. And that, that is, relates to God's word in this powerful way, because if we want God's words to come out of our mouth, then we have to plant the seed of God's word in our heart. It's the only way to do it. It's the only way to do it. And so I need to take some stock and evaluation and see, are the words that are coming out of my mouth for the benefit of other people? Do I have God's word in my mouth and for other people or for myself? And if not, then I need to go back and take a look and say, how am I hiding God's word? How am I planting that seed in my life? And here's this reciprocal kind of effect where I've, I've been learning what I want to say in my flesh is this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have the discernment to stop, stop and don't say that thing. And instead, I'm going to kind of run through the grid of God. What do I know your word has to say about this instead of what my flesh wants to say? Sometimes I don't know. So then I go to the scripture and I intentionally say, okay, here's what God's word says. I'm going to say that instead. And then this crazy thing starts to happen when I begin to profess with my mouth the thing that God's word actually says. It has this effect of actually getting into my heart and my mind. I'm planting new seed so I can get a new harvest. I'm tired of harvesting what I've harvested already. I want new life in my life and in the lives of other people. I want the word of the Lord in my mouth. The only way to do that is to know the word of the Lord. So I want to encourage you to do that. And the last thing I'll say is this. The last way that we can kind of partner with God and his words being in our mouth. It doesn't always have to be prophecy. It doesn't always have to be something directly from scripture. But sometimes the way that God is asking us to have his words in our mouth is just to be someone who calls out the gold in someone when we see it. A word of affirmation, a word of blessing, a word of encouragement, a word of gratitude. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you bring. Thank you for your character. Thank you for how you handled that situation. Or, hey, I just want to honor you. This, this, this past week, I felt like the Lord is laying on my heart to honor different people for different things. And, um, and I just love the sweetness. It wasn't something God pointed out and said, you say this. It was more of like, no, there's something I noticed. And I said, you know what? I feel like I want to honor that in you. And when we do that with each other, it's more than just having a positive human experience. I'm actually partnering with God and calling out how he's made you or how he's made this person. I'm actually bringing the blessing on God. I'm using the power of life and death that God has given me and my tongue to bring blessing and honor to another person. When's the last time you gave someone an unsolicited compliment or gratitude, or blessing for something. When's the last time you went out of your way to say, hey, I noticed this about you, and I just want to say that that is awesome. God has made you awesome and incredible. You don't need a word of prophecy to do that. You don't need a specific scripture to do that. You just have to have your eyes up to look, to, to, to call out what you see in another person. That is using our speech to build people up. Hey, you're a great teammate. Hey, I just want to let you know you're a great employee. Hey, I want to know you. I want you to know you're a great leader. Thank you so much for serving me. I mean, let's use our speech for building people up and, and we can get super spiritual about it like I've done, or we can get really practical about saying, you know what? I'm just going to do a better job of complimenting people. And I guarantee you it's going to change things if you start to use your words in a positive direction like that. 
Let's be intentional with bringing comfort and encouragement and strengthening. God has given you, some of you, he's given some of you this gift of encouragement where it just comes out of you, where you can't help yourself but see the good in people. We need you. We need your help. We need you to be released to be an encourager in our body. But we need the rest of us to grow in this area as well that we can champion other people, that we can cheer them on, that we can celebrate the accomplishments of other people. As a matter of fact, I think one of the problems and reasons why we, we want to self-promote so much is because we don't really know how to celebrate each other's accomplish, accomplishments very well. And so we're all looking for this affirmation all the time when really, if we were using our voices right, if we were celebrating what we see in other people, And if we were more focused on giving that away rather than trying to receive it, man, look out world. We would be the family that God has called us to be. So let me encourage you this week to do two things. First of all, I want to use God's words to speak life over yourself. Maybe you've been given some words of prophecy and you need to go back and revisit those and look and see what has God said and you need to declare those things over your life. I just did this recently. I was kind of doing an inventory and seeing, okay, what has God said in the past? And man, as I did that, I was so encouraged by what God had already said. And I said, God, these things I believe are true. So I want to encourage you to do that. Maybe It's reading some scripture over yourself, a passage that you know God has spoken to you in the past or something you just feel like you're being directed. I want you to speak out loud words of life over yourself. Maybe there's um, uh, an area that you're really struggling in and you can find some scriptures and speak some words like, "Uh, I I praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, the one who heals all my diseases. I mean, let's pray some stuff over ourselves. Let's declare who God is over ourselves. Maybe it's you're struggling with some kind of depression or anxiety. And I know you can't just like pull your bootstraps up and get out of that, but it's not going to hurt to read God's word and say, God, I, I, I know that you want to deliver me of this anxiety. I know that it's your heart that you don't want this for me. Let's declare what is true about God over ourselves. Maybe you've been living in in a poverty kind of mentality and just assuming for the rest of my life we'll be poor and we'll not have enough. What does it look like for us to say, nah, that's not what God's word says. It says that he will provide for all of my needs. I may not be the richest, but I will be provided for. What does it look like to do that? So I want you to use God's words in your own life. And then I want you to use God's words in other people to intentionally build other people up. This week, I want you to find one person to somehow speak some words of life into them that will encourage them and to build them up. Pick one person, prayerfully consider how might I encourage this person and build this person up with my words and the things that I say. That's what I want you to do. I'm going to pray for us. I pray your blessing over all of our ladies today. Father, I just pray today that everything that I've said would land exactly where you want it to land and that anything that came out of my mouth that's not from you, if there's anything, Lord, would you just squash it right now, wipe it away from from memory. 
Lord, but anything that's from you, would you elevate, Lord? Would you let the conviction of the Lord uh, about these areas settle into our hearts in a way that it's undeniable, like the holy God is pursuing me in this area and I cannot loose myself from it. I cannot be released from it. And I pray, God, that you would raise our awareness of how you're wanting to use our words in our life. Lord, and I pray for every woman listening to this. I pray, God, that they would see themselves as image bearers of God. And I pray, God, for, for every female listening to this, Lord, that they would see themselves as, one, as the one who carries a message of truth, Lord, that you value and you honor them, whether they are mothers or not. I pray, God, for those who are mothers, Lord, that they would see themselves as servants in your kingdom, a blessing and bringing blessing to generations and generations, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would honor them and let them feel honored today. And for those who are not mothers, Lord, I pray that there would be no emptiness in their life about that issue, God. That there would be, there, God, that you would relieve them of any kind of empty burden or any kind of comparison that would bring harm to their heart or to their mind, Lord. I pray, God, that you would heal every hurt in this area. For, for, for people who have any kind of pain in this area, I pray that you would relieve them of it, Lord, so that we can celebrate those mothers in our life and those women who serve a motherly role in our life, Lord, without any pain, Lord, without any holding back, that we would rejoice with those who rejoice and be able to mourn with those who mourn. And I pray for all of us that we would be one as you are one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. See you next week. We hope that you are encouraged by this week's sermon. For more information, visit us at our website, www.fusionchurch.com, or you could find us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great week.